Welcome to another week of the Sports Block Podcast here. Let us be the first to wish you a happy Memorial Day long holiday weekend coming up. Uh, we've got Travis Krins here with me, a f- co-host of this fine podcast, as well as co-host of the 2080 Baseball Podcast, both of which can be found on iTunes. Hello, Travis! Can I wish everybody be the first to wish everybody Merry Christmas? Oh, that's good. That's good. Merry Christmas, everybody. And a happy Thanksgiving, too. Yeah. While at, while at it, Happy New Year to everyone. Happy impeachment. Happy impeachment season, everybody out there. <laughs> He comes around once every about twenty years, so enjoy this. Yes, um, I, I don't know quite where to be to begin here. I guess uh, uh, we'll let you know here that uh, we'll be talking with Marcus Traxler later on in the podcast. The that interview was pre-recorded during the Predators Ducks game, so we were assuming that the Predators were going to advance, and they have. And we will have heavy Nashville Predators talk next week. Uh, because both you and I are in agreement that we're cheering for the Predators here in the Stanley Cup. Uh, but what a, just a wild atmosphere. And I think it's really great that Nashville, as an eight seed technically, uh, is in the Stanley Cup final. And great that the NHL is able to get into the Nashville market for this. What, uh, what was it about Nashville that you liked so much? I think just the overall atmosphere, the stuff that you can do there, the people were nice. Uh, I, it's just a really nice city, I thought. Good. I agree. Yeah, I like the, uh, like the eight seed. Good for the eight seed getting in there. Only sport where it's realistically a chance. I mean, you, yeah. can, you could say baseball with the wild cards. We've seen it a couple of times in the NFL, but even that is like, oh, I mean, Pittsburgh and Green Bay were probably playing better than their six seeds would have indicated that Pittsburgh was a six seed when they went to the Super Bowl back in the early 2000s and beat Seattle. I think Green Bay was a six seed too when they beat Pittsburgh in the Super Bowl in Dallas. But uh, so great for Nashville. We will talk heavy on Nashville next week and root the Predators on as they try and win Lord Stanley's Cup. Other uh, game going on right now, or other series, Pittsburgh and Ottawa. So we'll we'll have a Stanley Cup final next week to talk about. We'll also have an NBA final to talk about. Uh, the Golden State Warriors are there. They're twelve and zero, uh, and they look awfully impressive. Though it's a little difficult to tell just how good they were in this series against the San Antonio Spurs, given that the Spurs were without their best player, Kawhi Leonard, for the final three games of the series. Yeah, they probably would have won game one, probably would have won uh, at least uh, another game in that series to make it go six. But um, Golden State, only team ever to, what, to get to the finals undefeated. Yep. So that's an awfully, awfully impressive task because they have, what, about ten days off here? Yep. And uh, they're awaiting somebody. Uh, we assume it's Cleveland, but uh, uh, Cleveland, uh, somebody's got to clean up the mess after they're leaving all over the floor here because uh, Cleveland, uh, not good. Wait, wait, not good. I'll touch on Cleveland here in just a second because I agree with you. Uh, I don't know what the hell is going on with them. But for Golden State, I mean, they just look awesome. Steph Curry's playing well. Kevin Durant's playing well. Now, Curry hasn't exactly been very good in the NBA Finals, even when they won it, too. It seemed like it was more uh, Clay Thompson. And Andre Iguodala was huge in that series. Uh, two against the Cavs, but right now, I mean, they look unbeatable. 
And obviously they are since they're 12 and 0 in the postseason. Not only that, you go back to the last uh, three, four weeks of the regular season. They're on a run here of what, 27 of 28, 28 of 29. Mm-hmm. That's what they're. That's what they're on here. So uh, Durant went down. They didn't miss a beat. He came back. Uh, like played. I don't know what. Couple games at the end of the regular season, yep. maybe six, seven, eight games, and uh, they're rolling right now. They might be as good as they were at the end, at the start of last year when they won. What was it 25, 30 games in a row? So uh, they're rolling right now. Hopefully, uh, rest is, is not a negative. And um, uh, Cleveland, yeah, not looking great. And uh, hopefully, uh, Golden State can win this whole thing. Uh, if let me let me propose this to you: mm-hmm. if they were to sweep. If they were to sweep the finals, would this be the most impressive thing you've ever seen in your life? 16-0 NBA playoffs, never to be topped again. I would say yes. I, you know what? I, Considering that, what they did last year with the great with the with the record they had last year, yep. and then losing it in the final minute at home of Game Seven and losing it up three-one, yep. to come back the next year. And to do what they did in the playoffs, to go like sixteen and zero, or even if they go like sixteen and one or sixteen and two, that'd be awfully great. Well, one, they have to be, they have to go undefeated in sure. the postseason for us to even talk about that. Because you could say the same thing about the New England Patriots back in 07 when they had Randy Moss. I mean, they yep. were undefeated and lost in the Super Bowl. So for Boston, they're going to have to go undefeated. Um. Uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to think if there's anything more impressive that comes to mind. Are we talking uh, team sport or like in all of I sports? Mean, like, I mean, I don't know what the what the playoff record would be. Maybe probably two losses. I'm thinking in the uh, in this era of uh, four rounds of playoffs, I would say at least every team's lost. I'd say at least two games. Mm-hmm. If they're considering every team is no, there's been no team to reach it undefeated. So they've lost at least one to get in there. And they probably lost at least one in the finals itself. So, um, yeah, they, uh, they beat, uh, the schedule wasn't all that difficult, but, um, we even lost to Boston for God's sake. So yeah. Boston's, uh, Boston's terrible and, uh, they're playing great right now. The only thing that comes to mind off the top of my head would be Michael Phelps winning the 19 or 20 gold medals that he has. Again, and that spanned over multiple Olympics. And he has lost a few races in there. But still, to be be able to do it time and time again, I guess, what, the eight golds that he won in Beijing? I would would deem that slightly more impressive than what the Cavaliers have got, or what the Warriors have done. But it's very close. I mean, certainly, uh, what the Warriors are doing, I guess... Like I said, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but it would have to be right up there. Trying to see what the, the Yankees did in their runs there in the late 90s. They had the one year, 98, where they won 114 games. It's awfully impressive. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to see what they did. What they did in the playoffs last one year, I believe there was one of those years where they um, they lost one game in the playoffs. Let's yep. see, they swept. They swept the Padres. Uh, they swept Texas. Uh, they had two games. They lost two to Cleveland. So uh, they went through the playoffs with an eleven and two record. 
that means they were 125 and 50. That's pretty good. The one thing about baseball is that you can run into really hot pitchers. Mm-hmm. Same thing in the NHL, you run into really hot goaltenders in the postseason. The NBA don't really have that. Yeah, I mean, you can have a hot shooter, but if you let him have his, I mean, one guy's not going to beat you. So, I mean, and what Golden State's doing. NBA? In the well, NBA. Uh, LeBron won them the title last year. But he still had stars around him in Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. For them to beat Golden State, he's going to have to play like he did last oh. year and average. Oh, yeah. No, I, if he doesn't play like that, I don't think they win. I, I totally get that and understand that. Well, okay, so then yeah, let me let me let me alter my argument here. Or I would say that a pitcher or a goalie probably has more single handedly or more significance or affects their team more than just a a LeBron a player in the NBA like LeBron James. We saw what uh, Bumgarner did a couple of years ago. Yep, and Jonathan Quick for the Kings back, uh, what, 2010 or whatever, when he yep. led the eight-seeded Kings to the Stanley Cup final championship. I would go with that, sure. So, I mean, it's right up there. I would just deem those positions maybe slightly more important. But, yeah, I mean, what, what I mean, what's going on with the Cavs? I mean, Isaiah, they no. just kill... Boston in Boston. Isaiah Thomas not coming back for the remainder of the postseason. LeBron then has his worst game of the postseason in Game Three, a game that Cleveland lost one eleven to one oh eight against the Scrubs for the Celtics. And now here in Game Four, so we're recording this. Boston's up by nine at the end of the first quarter. I mean, are are the Cavs just disengaged? What the hell's going on? So you go from halftime of game three to the end of the first quarter of game four at three quarters of play, Boston's outscored Cleveland by 30 points. Or so, so they, were, they were down 16 at the half. They were down 21 early in the third. So they've outscored Cleveland by 30 points in less than three quarters of basketball. I don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah, LeBron was... Terrible. He barely shot the ball. What did he have? Like thirteen shots, 13 maybe shots, eleven. Four from three. What is that? That was not. Uh, if there's one knock against him, it'd be he's not aggressive enough sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was very aggressive in the final last year. That's why they won. Uh, he was not aggressive. Uh, I don't know if he's banged up or something, or he's hurt. He's had plenty of rest. I don't know why the hell he would be hurt. Right. He's played three games in the past, literally what, probably seventeen days. Yeah. So, I don't know what the deal is there. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, they lose him. Uh, Boston, a good strategy for them, I, I would say, would be to muck it up a little bit, uh, play dirty, whatever you want to call it, play physical. Uh, Cleveland had a very high proportion of free throws compared to Boston in Game 3, and yet Boston still won. Um, that'd be uh, very interested if uh, Boston could win uh, Game 4. That'd be, that'd be unbelievable. That'd be great. Is uh, are we seeing a star be born here in Kelly Olynyk? I mean, I think Kelly Olynyk's a, a good player, 
and I know about him. Now, I perhaps know about him in large part because of March Madness and Gonzaga and everything. But uh, is is Kelly Olynyk becoming a star before our very eyes? I, I wouldn't go that far. Um, Jarepko, Jarepko, a guy, European guy, he's, uh, he's doing some stuff for Boston. Yep. Uh, Olenek, uh, he might be a guy, uh, whenever his deal is up, I might get some money, but, um, I, I'm not, I don't think I'm quite ready for the, the contract, I know that will be doled out, we saw a little bit of it last year, but, um, we're gonna see some, some contracts, uh, that are worth 40 million a year. Like five-year, two hundred million dollar contracts because mm-hmm. of the uh, salary cap and the money available. So uh, that's going to be quite insane. Um, the best of the best will get the forty million, and even your a Kelly Olynyk type player may get fifteen million, um, which is what the uh, what the market says. Which is ridiculous. But that's it was what Mozgov, the Lakers gave him like fifty million for four years. Which like, is yeah, four years, sixty-four stupid. million, I believe. Stupid. Um, and that, and that Nate Walters to, can't find a job in the NBA. He can't find a job. Uh, go fund me account for Nate Walters. It's it doesn't make much sense to you obviously have to spend some money, but I'm not spending it on Mozgov. I'm not giving Mozgov fifteen million a year Hell no. to do nothing. Um, you know, people are talking now. With the, how the Celtics beat the Cavs in Game Three, about now do they trade Isaiah Thomas? Because no, 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 no. Well, that, that's what they're talking about. They got Marcus Smart. You got who the hell was this? It was one game. Who? What have you been watching? What have you been watching? I don't. I've seen stuff pull up on ESPN. I've seen. Uh, I don't. Well, I mean, I'm just asking because the they say, oh, they have Marcus Smart. They have the number one overall pick. Do you try and trade Isaiah Thomas? I say absolutely not, but that's what no. that's what people are talking about. Well, I think they're going to get their doors blown off here in Game Four, to Game Five. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, that's you know, that's that's it's ridiculous, that's, isn't it? It's 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 it, 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 dumb. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. How about this? For they got the number one pick. Who would you trade it for? If you uh, say Indiana uh, gave us Paul George, uh, does any anybody do that trade? Do both sides do that trade? Paul George, number one pick. He's 27, 28 years old. Mm. He's a free. He has one year left on his contract. Uh, Nineteen and a half million. He's the guy. If he has another good year, could be one of those two hundred million dollar uh, contract guys for five years. Uh, sounds like the Lakers or a West Coast team would be. Uh, more preferable for him yes. since that's where he wants to go apparently. Yep. Uh, but assuming you could sign him to the five-year, two hundred million dollars, would you trade him for the first pick? That depends on what you think of Markel Fultz. Do you think? I don't think much. No, I don't think he'll be. Will he make an All-Star team? I, I don't even know if he'll make an All-Star team. I think Paul George right now is better than him. Better than he'll ever be. Then. Then that's your answer. I mean, it, I think you you know you would certainly try and swing that with with Indiana, do a sign and trade or whatever, uh, send him that number one overall pick, and I mean, assuming I you would only do this though if Paul George will sign that long term deal with you, yep. because otherwise you keep the first 
you know, the number one overall pick. But I I tend to agree with you in that standpoint. I mean, if if the Celtics think that Paul George is better than Lonzo Ball or Markel Fultz right now, you take him. Yeah. You take that trade. Absolutely. I watched um, a little bit of Washington. Uh, Markel Fultz is very good. Yes. I don't know how, how he all of a sudden became, like, the number one guy. Like, even during the season, he was, like, the, he was the number one guy. I don't know how that happened. He's, just, he's good, but I don't know, like, what, what is, is it about him? He's going to be the guy. Maybe he'll be great. Who knows? Quick diversion here. Missouri basketball next year is going to be phenomenal. They could be a sneaky pick for a Final Four. That's not going up there. It's... Markel Fultz didn't even make the tournament. If, if you're a recruit, if you're a recruit, a former recruit from Washington, uh, with a dog shit of a coach up there getting fired, um, and then you go to Missouri uh, with their, you know, their number one recruit, um, Joey Porter. Yep. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons was it two years in a row now the number one pick has not made uh, the, the the tournament. Yep. I will say uh, I will pump the brakes on uh, Missouri being a, a just a tournament team. Make the you want to show me something? Make the tournament. I think Quanzo Martin's a better and, coach. Sure. And they've gotten it's not just Porter. They've gotten some other high recruits in there. Uh, Missouri Missouri's going dancing for sure. I'll say that right now, definitively here, March twenty third. But all right, uh, NBA draft lottery was last week. Timberwolves, surprise, surprise, get screwed. They go down to seven from six. Uh, I there's no it, the the NBA lottery has uh, been you know rumored to be fixed for years, and in my mind, only a couple other uh, scenarios or a couple other years stand out more than this one, where I think without question the NBA fixed the lottery here giving the Celtics the number one overall pick, even though they had the best chance. And and the Lakers, number two, because it's just absolute bullshit. It's just absolute crap that Magic Johnson comes to L.A. They want to revive the Lakers. Lonzo Ball's going to go there with his big big mouth father, LeVar, who I'll talk about here in a little bit. And, uh, I mean... You got the Celtics going back to their glory days. I mean, Boston and L.A., two huge uh, media markets. Of course, the NBA wants Boston to sustain their success and L.A. to get back to it. It's fixed. The whole thing is fixed. I'll disagree. As you said, Boston, because of the Nets, they had the best chance. And uh, more times than not, the team with the best chance usually wins. Yep, and and I'm I'm not saying necessarily that... The, the league wants Boston. They had the best chance. So I'm. it's more the Lakers that I have an issue with. And the Lakers thought they were going to be three, and they went two, so they, they picked up one spot. And they're terrible. So I'm not. Like the Bulls, the Bulls, the, the, the year the Bulls got Derrick Rose, they were like going to be the 10th pick. Yes. They, moved, they had like less than a 1% chance or about a 1% or 2% chance. Mm-hmm. That was a, that was a, uh, odds on your favor. They, uh, they got the number one pick and it worked out for a couple of years. Cleveland, look how many times Cleveland's got the number one pick. LeBron. Yep. Uh, Anthony Bennett, terrible. Kyrie Irving. Uh, what, Andrew Wiggins. They've got the number one pick, what, four years in the past uh, dozen? Come on. Come on. Yep. 
Well, and yeah, yep, and with LeBron James, that was one that I thought was certainly up there in terms of you know being fixed or rigged. Patrick Ewing to the Knicks, also that's I think one that you could mention as well. But uh, I mean, Philadelphia gets three, Sacramento's five or something like that. Orlando six, Minnesota seven. I mean, I think the top three are pretty set. I think um, I'll say De'Aaron Fox goes to Philadelphia. I really want him to fall seven to the Timberwolves. Now the Timberwolves are talking about trading out of seven. At least that's what Glenn Taylor says. What, do you think that's a good idea? For what? A veteran player? Uh, perhaps a veteran player. Perhaps just move down. Get more collateral. No, I, I mean, do you think there's no chance that Paul George would sign a long-term deal in Minnesota, right? Well, I don't know. I don't know any why anybody would want to go to Minnesota. because uh, they got good young players. I mean, they're, they're a talented yeah. team. So that I mean, that's a tough draw getting people to sign to play basketball in Minnesota. Um, if I was them, I would take Malik Monk. They need shooters. Yes. And uh, if he's there, that's who I would take. Uh, Markinen from Arizona has maybe been talked about. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he would fit in. I he remember the last hurt. Arizona guy the Timberwolves drafted. That was a real hoot. That worked. How that work out? So I, I don't know. Um, he's a seven footer that can shoot. I don't know how he would fit in. But if uh, you can give me Tony Towns. Uh, Rubio maybe stays a year, whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, you got Tony Towns, Wiggins, Levine comes back at some point. Uh, you got Malik Monk, maybe that's, maybe that's something. You got the guy from Providence, maybe he'll, maybe he'll be Chris something, Dunn. maybe he'll be nothing. Yeah, well, he didn't, he apparently did not play very well this year. Yep, maybe, so, uh, maybe Tyus Jones. Well, yeah, he's a guy, maybe mm-hmm. uh, back a point guard type, so. Well, they, they need to upgrade the bench for sure, because Brandon Rush, uh, yeah, that doesn't scream anything to me. Cole Aldrich, I mean, get the heck out of here. Well, one, one final point is we watch this Boston-Cleveland debacle. Yep. Um, I was not concerned about Cleveland heading into this thing, about, you know, they didn't play well at the end, got the two seed, like it doesn't matter because the East is garbage, yep. and the East is garbage. Uh, the one concern, though, if you were to have a concern late in the season was that, uh, Cleveland's defense was atrocious, and they were giving up oodles and oodles of points. Yep. And they gave up oodles and oodles of points in the second half, and Boston, uh, damn pace here to score 60 in the first half. So, uh, the defense, not, not good. No. No, no, I would, I would definitely agree with that. Uh, do we have any other thoughts on the NBA right now? NBA draft, I think, looks pretty, uh, I think the draft, I would say, looks pretty deep, I would say, in the top ten. Probably get maybe a good play at the top ten. So, uh, it should be it should be nice. Uh, I'm somewhat interested in the draft. Yep. I've a- heard of some of these guys. Angel so. Delgado is uh, going back to Seton Hall, so he's making a smart decision. Uh, of course, UNC is returning a couple guys like Joel Berry. Uh, Duke, like almost everyone's going there. Uh, so... Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how it all pans out. Uh, a lot of guys that think that they're going to go really high might not and could cost themselves quite a bit of money by 
declaring early, which is not always a smart decision. But anyway, uh, do we want Levar Ball talk now or later? I don't have much. Okay. You hate him, obviously. Yes. Uh, he, um, is, he is now the most despised person in the sports world to me, uh, and I think to many others. Uh, he has surpassed Rams owner Stan Kroenke by leaps and bounds. Um, that's how much I despise him. And he once again opened his big mouth last week. He was on uh, The Herd with Colin Coward on Fox Sports 1, and uh, the the... the the gal on there, uh, Leah or Leahy, uh, I'm sorry, I apologize for not knowing the name. It's L-E-A-H-Y. But um, he really, his demeanor kept changing with her as uh, she would ask questions about the shoe deal and whatnot. And Colin Cower didn't seem to do much at all. And I think he called Jason Whitlock fat. And it's just, uh, I mean... The guy is a disgrace, an absolute bum, uh, and, I, and the only reason I picked this up was because Mike Florio had a posting on Pro Football Talk about it because uh, George Sedano from ESPN got into it with uh, Florio because Florio said no one should ever put him on the radio or TV again. And so Donald said, oh, this is coming from a guy who has hot takes and everything. And it just, so I would have never come across this had I not read Florio's bit on it. But uh, obviously, Ball did nothing in this situation to to make him any more likable or reasonable, I would say. Uh, I mean, he just degrades himself even more. Uh, and I would, if I'm an NBA team, I might steer away. And he's making his son already the most villainous guy in the NBA next year. I I think that's go that's really safe to say. And then he has comments about Kyrie Irving and how Kyrie Irving's mom wasn't there for him, and you know, you know, maybe he needs to go back to the, you know look at the parenting whole thing. But then he comes out, oh, Kyrie Irving's mom died at you know when he was four because of cancer. And did LeVar know that or not? Yeah, he probably did, because how else would he have known that Irving's mother wasn't there as he grew up? So it's just, the whole thing, he's just a bum, a disgrace. I hate talking about him because that's stoking his ego. He's getting what he wants. He's getting attention. But at the same time, yeah, it just is maddening that people continue to give him a platform I just wish he'd shut the hell up, and honestly, I don't wish anything good upon him. That's very unchristian uh, to say, that not not my style, but, I mean, God bless his wife. She's recovering from her own, own health concerns, so I hope that she makes a full recovery, but I want nothing good to happen to this man. That's how much I despise him. You know what I'm going to say? What are you going to say? And just kind of like what you said, you know, there's, he says this stuff so people can talk about him. Yep. So if you just ignore him and um, you just say stuff and uh, kind of like the, the guy that won the presidency, yep. people just would have ignored the dumb shit he would have said instead of like, oh my God, he's like this, let's put him on the TV. I try, I try and uh, stay away from that too, and it, it's it's more and more difficult from time to time. It, it, or not, it, it becomes difficult from time to time based on what is kind of out there and 
and said and whatnot. But I try and stay away from that just because I don't want to get in the argument. And I, I don't think I would necessarily get in an argument here regarding LeVar Ball with anyone. I think almost you know any reasonable person would be on uh, our side that LeVar Ball is an asshole. But at the same time... I just don't want to talk about him and hope that he'll go away, but he won't because people are interested in what he says and say, oh, he can't, he surely can't top the last dumb thing he said. Oh, nope, wait, he did. And then it's like, oh, it, I mean, it's like a train wreck coming, and it's it's one filled with toxins that's going to kill you. But yet, that's here we are, that's where we're at with uh, LeVar Ball. I would say he really doesn't matter as far as, you know, I mean, what, what influence does he have? His kid is a good basketball player, and he's selling five hundred dollars shoes. And he wants to be—he wants to be a big deal. And he really didn't accomplish anything besides his kid being a good basketball player. Mm-hmm. So uh, whatever, uh, whatever hand he had in that training and otherwise, good for him. But um, there really isn't any positives for him to talk. No. The, the big baller brand, yeah, he's looking for $3 billion from a shoe company. $3 billion, Three with a B. That's a that's billion with a B. Uh, no one's going to give him that. No one in their right mind is going to give him that. Uh, it's just, he's an absolute disgrace. Yeah, he's the worst of the worst. He is. As Keith Olbermann once said, he is the worst person in the sports world. Uh, and I think he would be time and time and time again. Absolutely. But yet, here we are talking about him. So, I and I, I didn't mean to, but it was just it came up with the the most recent stuff. I'm like, you know what? It I have to at least mention this. I mean, it's just, uh, it's it's just it's a shame that there are those sorts of people out there. And he's all he's doing is damaging his son, his son's reputation. And is the other two that are going to be going to UCLA, he's just hurting them more as well. Yeah. Can I talk about another terrible person? Uh, sports related? Yes. Yes. Let's let's talk about someone else who's bad. Roger Goodell. He's very bad. Nobody likes him. That's very true. Um, but he doesn't do the, quite the, the crap that LeVar does. I mean, he's working for 32 you know billionaires. You know I hate Goodell more than uh, more than the other guy uh, because of the concussion thing. I don't like him. And the right, you you have every right to to say that, and and I totally get it. And you could also look at the Ray Rice incident. Uh, sure. it comes off as very tone deaf. Um, so yeah, I completely agree with that. Speaking of which, the NFL is lifting celebration penalties. Oh my heavens! Thank goodness, and they've also reduced overtime from fifteen minutes to ten minutes. Uh. What's the what's the bigger deal here? That the NFL is going to let players celebrate as long as they aren't, you know, I would assume doing any crotch grabbing or, you know, anything that would be offensive. Or the fact that the NFL is now going from 15 minutes to 10 minutes and without a doubt we are going to see more ties in the NFL this year. You know what Roger Goodell said today and I quote? Oh, please tell me. He doesn't think there will be more ties. Well, he's a dumbass. He's a stupid piece of shit. Um, the overtime thing is more important. They cite player safety. There are what? I don't know how many overtime games there are. I could look it up easily. I don't know. A dozen overtime games, 
maybe a little more that's on raw rice. Yeah. Um, most most but, weeks there are not. Some weeks there might be a couple. Yeah, I think it, yeah, it averages out to, I think it's like 16 overtime games a year on average. One a week. So not a lot. Um, and, then, and then there was a long stretch where there were no ties. Even stupid bastards like Donovan McNabb didn't know there were ties. Yes. And it comes out every year or two where all this player who played in this overtime game didn't know the game could end in a tie, which I don't know how that is possible. Uh, but we've had a few more ties the last couple of years. And uh, similar to how you thought, I'd say, yes, there will be more ties. And because that's just, I mean, that's just the math of it. If there were no overtime, there'd be a lot more ties. If it was a five-minute overtime, there'd be more ties. If it's only ten minutes, there will be more ties compared to 15. That's just simple logic. Uh, they fight player safety. I believe I saw that only a quarter of all overtime games go past the 10-minute mark. So the, the safety, I don't, I don't know why they're doing this. Mm-hmm. The safety point is a bullshit argument. Yes, yes. Uh, it's like, so what is another, that's like, I don't know, shortening a marathon to 25 miles because 26.2 is too far. You've already gone 25. What's another mile? It's, it, um, it, you've already gone it, 10 minutes. What's another three? It's an, essentially another possession for each team. It kind of, and it means that they're going to probably go a little harder on the first couple of drives. Not saying that they wouldn't anyway, but there's going to be a little more sense of urgency about it. And I think within a sense of urgency, sometimes that's when more injuries happen. Oh, increased injuries. Safety goes down. I could go with that. Uh, so I think this is stupid. I don't understand what it's about. Um, it's not player safety. I always say if I don't know what the answer is, it's a money thing, and so I don't, I don't really know what uh, what the money thing here would be. So that doesn't make any sense. The, and also the sorry, go ahead. The, the, the Super Bowl got changed. Yep. In uh, 2021, uh, we talked a little bit about it with Charlie on Sunday. Um, what a, a two month delay in construction or something because of rain? I mean, it is natural rains up in Southern Cal. Are we in that tight of a schedule here that we can't that the that sixty days or ninety days makes a makes a difference here? Apparently, it is. Yep. Uh, apparently, yes. Uh, I'm sorry. Apparently, I'm... there's a rule. There's a rule that uh, you cannot host in the first year of your stadium. Which again, why? I think you want to get the kinks out. I mean, look at the Vikings last year. They really need to up security based on the sure. the people who got in the very last regular season game hanging from the you know from the roof with a uh, with the, the the Dakota Access pipeline uh, nonsense yeah. that they were doing. So obviously, there's some. I think it's just to work to get a year to work out all the kinks. I, I think that's the majority of the reason. I could buy that. I'm just looking here right now, and I'm not finding any. And I can't remember exactly from last year how many games or what games went to overtime. The one that I know this would have affected for sure is Tampa Bay, Oakland, uh, because Oakland won it with like a minute left in overtime. At that tie, at the going by the new rules, that would have been a tie. And Tampa Bay would have made the playoffs, I believe, last year instead of Detroit. 
So there would have been one more game in the tie, which is uh, not less, more. Right. Mm. So that's that's what I'm seeing right now here anyway. Uh, but I'd have to I'd have to look back a little more at it. But uh, yeah, just I I don't get what the NFL's doing again. It, it's nice that they're letting that they're that the no fun league is going to allow players to you know celebrate a little bit when they score a touchdown. That's nice, but overall these these rules or these tweaks to the game and even like the kickoff return oh kickoffs the more injuries happen on kickoffs than ever before and now you see more pooch kicks and i guarantee you that that or squib kicks and that's going to get more people injured so could be uh, uh 13 over 13 overtime games last year okay and we know for sure there were two ties know for sure there would have been three going by this rule um uh, Do we recall what uh, what uh, what all those overtime games were like when they were won? Um, I don't know. There may not have been one. I guess the one that you cited possibly. Uh, there does not appear to be a ton that were uh, again. So this really doesn't affect a ton. You had uh, what Washington Cincinnati ended a tie. Was that the London game? Yep. Yep, and then uh, Arizona and Seattle ended in a tie. Oh, that was I. I had to watch. I had to watch the last uh, possession of that dog shit and overtime. I had to. That was great. Uh, two teams to play uh, an entire football game and score six points. That was 12, 12, 12 points. They each had two field goals. It, great greatness is what it was. Uh, what Miami Cleveland had a game that Miami should have lost, I remember. Yes. And uh, that I believe that went to the wire. Nope, there was eight minutes or so left. So uh, yeah, I don't think this really affects a ton. So again, with the safety issue, um, there's not a lot of overtime games either way going to the final five minutes. So we're again we're doing something like with the kickoffs with the extra points. There's not a whole lot of a difference here. Not uh, measuring up. I believe Buffalo my or Miami Buffalo back on like Christmas Eve also would have ended in a tie based on these rules. I believe that to be the uh, to be the case. So we would have maybe had two for sure. Yeah, that was the uh, yeah. There was a field goal with less than a minute left. Yeah. So uh, it's just dumb. This is one of the reasons why I know the the NFL is still immensely popular and it will continue to be so. But. Uh, why I, I get more frustrated with it and will stick to more uh, just along the lines of just cheering for the Vikings, watching them, maybe tuning in for Sunday night football and have it on in the background on Monday nights. But uh, I'm not near. I'm not one that has to sit in front of my TV now the entire Sunday and watch all the games. Marcus Traxler alerted me that uh, I guess NFL Live is a, is a 90 minute show now. Oh, because. Like, now, right, because they have the money for that, right? Sure, it's it's a ninety minute show in May. We're uh, uh, Memorial Day coming up, and we're nine. I would have no idea what you would cover in the NFL. You could go through these rule changes. Uh, they have OTAs. I have no idea what you would spend. What is that? Seven and a half hours uh, a week on? I have no idea. Um. Maybe they'll cover 
Uh, I'm sure they, they extensively covered uh, reporting on, on how Ted Bridgewater is dead. Uh, I hope they cover that Ted Bridgewater practice uh, this week. Just yep. fine. So, I don't know, maybe he'll play. I'm pretty goddamn sure he'll play. So, um, I don't I don't understand this at all. Nope, I, I completely agree. By the way, Boston now up 57-47 a half over Cleveland. So, uh, By the way, if we go to baseball, yes, um, Irv Santana pitched a two-hit shutout. He's great. That, that final against Baltimore, huh? Two-nothing game. Took uh, less than two and a half hours. Nice. The, the sun is still out. Very good. Two-nothing twins win. That's good baseball. Baltimore got all of two hits. Who is Irv Santana? He's run into he's had some issues here you know, over the last couple of weeks. He's had a few bad outings by by Twins fan standards, based on how he started the year. But I mean that you know Tuesday night vintage uh, Irv Santana. He's playing very. He's pitching very well, and the Twins are in first place still in the AL Central. I don't know how long this is going to last, but uh, you're, you think it's going to last the whole year? I think they're going to finish over 500. I've seen enough to uh, to think that they're going to be good, like they were two years ago when they won 83 games. I think they're going to win between uh, you know 81, 82, and 85 games. They're going to be in the race until the last weekend, I believe. Are people talking about the Twins, or are they still kind of an under-the-radar team, or analysts, experts out there not taking them all that seriously. They are not taking them seriously. Um, they haven't watched as much as I have. I don't respect their opinion because they haven't. I mean, they just don't know. Um, there are articles out there. Uh, saw a couple of uh, why the twins why are the twins good why are they better. And uh, this, this certain article focused on their, their um, their offensive strategy, uh, they're walking more and they're swinging less than bad pitches. That's a good strategy to have. Is that outside That's of good. Byron Buxton? Oh, Christ, Buxton. Uh, the, the struggle to 200 continues. The struggle to 200 continues. Hey, he had not an RBI sure. Tuesday night. Not quite sure we're going to get there by June. May not get there by July. Uh, the, the struggle to get to 200. You would think, uh, as he improves... Uh, he would get to 200 as a batting average, get a hit one out of every five times. But uh, this this is not happening at all. He has been better, uh, relatively speaking. But the um, why they are better is because of their defense, and their defense helps their pitching. So um, this is why they are good. Their defense, uh, whatever metric you, you look at, uh, some of the – more respected metrics. They are uh, one, two, or three in a lot of them. And it is a great improvement from being one of the one, two, three worst teams in defense last year. So that's your huge improvement. And um, the defense helps the pitching because uh, this is a team that uh, really has never struck out a lot of batters, which would be nice. But um, so if you're not going to strike out a lot of guys, there's going to be a lot of balls put into play. And uh, that means your defense better be good. It was bad last year. It's great this year. That would be my my key difference here. Mike Trout, without question, is the front runner for AL MVP. I think you could throw who at me. Was it Aaron Judge of the Yankees? 
maybe yep. put him in that discussion. Uh, Jose Altuve from the Astros. After that, can we throw Miguel Sano in there? I mean, he's having a, a phenomenal year thus far. Miguel Sano would be my runner-up right now. He'd be your runner-up, okay. He would be my runner-up right now, absolutely. Yeah, he's uh, defensively at third. He has uh, been great offensively. Um, you know, the, uh, he's, he's as good as anybody. I'll put him up against anybody, uh, probably south of uh, Harper and Trout. Uh, those are the only two guys I would feel comfortable saying is better than Snow. Uh, he hits the ball harder than anybody. Uh, exits, average exit velocity is 100 miles an hour. He is nearly four miles an hour better than everybody else, which is a large margin to be better. So uh, it, is, it is shown when you hit the ball hard, it is hard to catch. The ball goes farther. Uh, the harder you hit the ball, the better chance you have to hit the ball or get a hit. Uh, so I put him, I would have no problem putting him number two for MVP uh, 40, 50 games in behind Trout. Very good. Uh, Absolutely. Baltimore struggling right now. Uh, they've they're three and seven. Their last ten. Uh, Cleveland. A lot of people were kind of down on them, and then they sweep the Astros over the weekend. So that was a, a moderate surprise. Texas is coming on strong. Angels aren't playing all that bad in the AL West. Uh, how are we? How's this AL shaping up for you here? Uh, almost two months into the season. The AL, Houston's the best team in baseball. Um, I don't like Cleveland. Um, their starters have not been good. They should be better. Um, the reason why I feel comfortable saying the Twins will be competitive is because they have to play the White Sox and the Royals a lot of times. And they have killed the White Sox and the Royals this year. And um, Detroit's okay. They're a 500 team, and I have no problem playing Cleveland if I'm the Twins. So that's why I feel comfortable with the Twins. Uh, Cleveland, here's what I think about Cleveland. I don't like them. Uh, they were my pick to get to the World Series. I don't like them. I should have picked Houston. I'm a stupid fuck for doing that. But uh, I think it's going to be tough. If, if they do make the playoffs and they do win the division, which they probably should do, uh, they'll be very dangerous again because of their bullpen and Andrew Miller. Uh, so if they get in, I like their chances, but it might be a little bit more difficult than people would think for them to get in. And because um, their starters, as they just didn't have any starting pitching last year in the playoffs because they were all hurt, mm-hmm. but they got there anyway. So the starters are terrible. They should get better. We had a lot of high expectations. I say we being us who make, you know, predictions or you know season previews all that stuff uh, we we had high expectations for the Cleveland Indians this year that seemed like they got better by getting Edwin Encarnacion in the offseason their starting pitching was very good they still have Andrew Miller in the bullpen Terry Francona is one of the best managers in baseball it seemed like everything was going you know from that World Series appearance last year that they would have a cakewalk in the division and would be the representative of the American League Kind of like with the Cubs and their slow start, perhaps there's a World Series hangover with the Cubs. Do you think there's at all any sort of hangover effect with the Indians from last year? Are they just not really all that engaged? And once they 
kick in in a high year and be like, okay, that's the Indians team that we expected. Do you expect that here at some point? At some point, yeah, but you know, you know, their, their starting pitching has not been good. Their starters have an ERA of five. That's terrible. Yeah, it um, is. That has to change. You're not, you're not making the playoffs if your team ERA or your starters ERA is five. I don't care how good you are. That ain't going to happen. So uh, they got to get that turned around. Turned around. Kluber's been terrible. Uh, Danny Salazar can strike a lot of guys out. He's been terrible. So uh, these numbers should even out a little bit in their favor. But, uh, yeah, right now they've not got up, gone up to a good start. Uh, they lost to Cincinnati. Uh, Monday night they were ahead of Cincinnati like 7-3. to three. Now it's 7-7. Seven, seven. Uh, so they've got four games with Cincinnati, who uh, just had a big losing streak. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not impressed with Cleveland whatsoever. All right. On the NL side, Washington certainly looks like the best team in the league, even though they've struggled a little bit here as of late. Uh, the Miami Marlins are terrible. The Phillies are terrible. And I picked the Phillies in the pick'em this week. Uh, that's looking real good thus far. Uh, the Brewers... Against my Rockies? How dare you? I know. Oh, what, what disrespect you're showing I, by Colorado. I, by I'm Colorado. not showing any disrespect to the Rockies, but I had to... Uh, Pickett uh, initially had the Mariners in there. I have no idea why, because uh, they oh have. Oh my god! I, I don't. I, I I mislooked at that. So uh, I know the Phillies are playing the Reds this weekend. So uh, we're hoping for a three and three week. Uh, hopefully that will pan out. But but they're terrible. The Brewers are on top of the NL Central. St. Louis is behind them. Uh, eventually the Brewers, I think, will fall back to earth. And then the NL West. I'm telling you right now, Colorado and Arizona. Atop of the West right now, Colorado with a two-game lead on the Diamondbacks, two-and-a-half game lead on the Dodgers. I don't, I mean, it's still relatively early in the baseball season, so you can't count the Giants out entirely. But this appears to be a three-team race in the NL West, and I am very intrigued. This is the division that intrigues me the most out of all of baseball, the NL West. Good. It should. Here's what I'm going to say, Stacking. Uh, three teams in that division make the playoffs. Okay. Colorado, one wins the division, the other two are playing for the wild card. Uh, the East, nobody's coming out of the East. Uh, the Central, may expect Chicago or St. Louis to be there at the top at the end. I think they only get one team in. I think the West is getting three. I've been on Colorado, I've been on Arizona. That Grinky, he's great again, so if uh, they got him, he's great. Uh, Colorado and Arizona scoring a bunch of runs. That's good to see. I had questions about Colorado's pitching staff, especially their starters, since they were dog shit to end the year. Uh, they're no longer dog shit. They actually have some starters worth a damn. Uh, they got a guy, I believe his name is Herman uh, Marquez, a rookie who's not bad. They also got uh, Jeff Hoffman, who they should uh, who pitched fantastic on uh, Monday night. So they should keep him up. They sent him back down, but they should keep him up. Here for the long haul, they got a uh, rookie of the year contender called Antonio Senzatella, who I like, and uh, Kyle Freeland uh, is a guy who is pitching well. Um, his numbers uh, probably look better than they should be, but he is pitching well. So, uh, and they got John Gray, who a lot of people think is their best pitcher uh, with the foot problem. So, uh, I think they go a good four deep. I, um, I, which I could not have said two months ago. I, I, two months ago, I hated the uh, starting rotation. They've added all these guys, Senzatella, Freeland, Marquez. 
I like this starting group. Well, that's good. Uh, I will. I mean, I was very close to picking the Rockies. I said they'd be the first team out of the playoffs. Uh, so I'm feeling vindicated right now in uh, in how they're playing. So uh, as always, we have a a pitcher or a hitter or both, okay. if you would like. Uh, an obscure guy that we don't know a lot about who had a very good week. So who are you nominating from last week this week? Well, goddamn. Uh, maybe one of those guys. Have I done Antonio Senzatello? I don't believe so. Uh, I would go him. A starter, 3.67. ERA, 22 years old, from Venezuela. For Colorado, 6-1 uh, and one record if you like your record things. Uh, when he has pitched, he has pitched uh, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's pitched nine times. Colorado is uh, seven and two in those games. So uh, thirty-four strikeouts and fifty-four innings pitched. That's not great, but uh, he, he's one of the guys that I mentioned, and he could be. Uh, Sensatella might be the rookie of the year. So there you go. Very good. Uh, is there anything else across the world of sports, the realm of sports, that we have not talked about yet that you would like to? Here's something. Um, Manny Machado has not gotten off to a good start. Um, should be okay, but he's a free agent after next year, and he's going to get a big uh, big contract. Um, me and Drew Heyman from the program, mm-hmm. he mentioned it. Uh, you know, Machado's not doing great. So here's here's why I like baseball. Among among other things, here's why I like baseball compared to all the other sports. Uh, I like it because he asked the question, what's the deal with Machado this year? He's not doing as good as he usually does. What I like about baseball is that we can look at the data, and I can come up with a decent guess of why a player's doing good or why the player's doing bad. And I, and, 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 uh, I can do that more than any other sport. We started the podcast talking about why the hell is Boston all of a sudden beating the hell out of Cleveland? We have no idea. They're scoring a lot of points, and uh, Cleveland outscoring as many points. Right. Uh, and we have no idea what, what is going on here. That's what we're trying to know. With baseball, we can look at it and we say, okay, why is Manny Machado struggling to start the year? He still has 10 home runs and 25 RBIs, and he's still going to hit 30 home runs and drive in close to 100. And he'll be fine. But here's, here's what I have found about why Manny Machado might not be great. All right. uh, there, there's, there are some numbers that are down, but there are other numbers that are actually improved. So I don't know what the deal is. Uh, he strikes out 3% of the time more than he did previously. But his walk rate is almost doubled from like 5 6% up to 11 So he's striking out a little bit more, but he's walking a lot more. So that's odd. Um, Manny Machado is swinging a lot less. Uh, he's swinging a lot less versus pitches outside the strike zone. That is good. You don't want to want to swing at the balls. However, he's making less contact on the pitches outside he is swinging at. So, so two different things right there. He's pulling the ball more uh, as a right-handed hitter. He's pulling the ball to left field more than he ever has, and he's going the other way to to left field or to right field at an all-time low. So that's something. Uh, yet, on the other hand, the percentage of the of the balls that he does hit at a, quote, hard percentage, whatever that uh, threshold is, is higher than it's ever been, and his soft contact is as low as it's ever been, which is a good thing. So uh, very, uh, very odd 
for Manny Machado. Uh, some things that he's doing, he's doing the best he's ever done them. And other things, uh, not so well. So, so that tells you a little bit of the story of why he's doing good and why he might be better uh, at the end of the year. Very good. Uh, SDSU baseball is in Tulsa this week for the Summit League All tournament. Right. Do you think they win this, or is this Oral Roberts going to just crush him? If Oral Roberts is in the league, they will win it every year. I believe they have won it every year they've ever been in the league. So this will be the same. All right. That's... Can I, can I, I want you to take a guess, and you, you have to get this right on the first guess. Uh, did you hear SDSU got a new swimming coach? Oh, no, I did not. Oh, you didn't. Well, because the other guy retired. He's been there forever. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, well, I knew he was retiring, yes. Well, they hired a new swimming coach this week. I will give you one and only one guess. Where's this guy from? NDSU. Northern Arizona, Northern Iowa. Wow. It, it's always... It's Iowa. It's always it, Iowa it, I should have guessed. Someone from Iowa. That's the... That's the coaching tree. Well, you know Iowa touched borders along South Dakota, so it only makes sense that we go to the branches of the other states to get uh, the coaches. The guy that's in charge of the hiring, obviously, came from Northern Iowa, but goddamn guy. All the guys are for all. I mean, just look at the hires over the years. And you would expect that's just the way it is. But um, the Northern Iowa guy, and I just... My belly uh, jiggles with laughter whenever the new hire for an assistant coach or any coach uh, is a guy from Iowa or specifically Northern Iowa. I, I laugh. <laughs> uh, tennis, uh, French Open, I think starts this week. I don't know. Uh, it's the it's the stepsister of the of the mid of the Grand Slam, or not the stepsister. I guess I, it's I, a... I, the Australian Open's the worst. I would. Well, I, I would, I like the Australian. I who knows? There are some people who I, I think would put Australian and French kind of in the in the lower tier. Of course, Wimbledon being the top in the U.S. Open, but uh, Roger Federer bypassing this. Uh, he's only won the French Open title, or he's only won the French Open once. Uh, wants to prolong his career. I think that's a very reasonable assumption. He's got nothing to lose, at, or nothing to really play for at this point, except to you know keep. You know, except to extend his career. And then Maria Sharapova was denied a wild card by the French Tennis Federation to, because uh, they have a legacy to preserve or some uh, oh, asinine yeah. reason. So I would hope that the next time maybe there's a like a another drug suspension or maybe there's a, some domestic violence involved. I would hope that the French Tennis Federation would uh, would make sure that they don't let anyone in who has something going on. And Maria Sharapova, yes, she tested positive. She she served her suspension. I believe it was a drug though that she had already been taking for years to help with uh, with some with her heart, I believe, or something uh, like that. So it's not like she willingly tried to cheat. Uh, this this seems a little asinine to me. A little bit. I would say she's uh, probably better than ninety five percent of the players in the tournament. So, and you That's, don't uh, you don't have Serena Williams in the tournament. So uh, this French Open without Federer, without Serena, without Maria, uh, give me Nadal, a reason to watch. Nadal out. 
Nadal out? Is he out too? He Could be. Who knows? Uh, if he's me, out, they're up shit quick. Give, give me a reason to watch this uh, tournament. The clay looks funky. It's, um, I don't know, clay. Do, do, they have to, do they have to use, like, Tide? How do you get the clay stains out? I don't know. we got to wash it really good. You know, they got some sort of a, uh, some sort of a liquid, pretty, uh, pretty toxic, probably kill you if you drink it. So OxyClean. Could be. Uh, whatever they do. And then you got to wear white, apparently, so that's a mess. Goddamn mess. Do you have any, anything else, then? Nothing that can't wait for another episode. All right. Well, next week, heavy Smashville talk. Uh, oh, shit. NHL Stanley Cup final preview, and maybe the NBA final uh, finals will be set. I, just the 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 long extended wait for this is ridiculous. But now uh, it's we have a game seven on our hands. Like we have a game seven. We could. Does it make sense? And I I get it from the network standpoint that they want a set schedule. But don't you think you could have an alternate? Like, it wouldn't it make sense well, to put the NBA Finals had like should Cleveland win it in five, or had they swept? Can't we start the NBA Finals two days earlier? Can't we start it on Tuesday? That would make sense. You don't need seven, eight, ten days off. Three days, five days would be plenty. If Cleveland does uh, end this thing in like five, yeah, there's no reason why it shouldn't be moved up. A couple of days, I don't understand what they got on. What are they on? Like, a, what's their schedule? Uh, Sunday, Tuesday, whatever the hell, Thursday, sort of thing. It's the same three days, I think, every week. Which is, well, whatever. That's what they do. Um, but can't we move it up a little bit? If it's supposed to start on Sunday, um, and Cleveland ends this thing in a couple of days, can't we start, like, on Thursday? That would seem like three days would not be that big of a deal. They have eight days off. Or four days off. It, it should be the same. And I get that the NHL is starting their, you know, the Stanley Cup final on Monday, Memorial Day. It makes sense because you're not going to get the the viewers on a holiday weekend. And had their, you know, had Nashville Anaheim gone to a seventh game, that would have been played. Or you know, I mean, just the whole schedule thing. It makes sense. Uh, but let, let's let's up it here a little bit. Come on, NBA. Let, let's get it to Tuesday. Can we? We can't. We can't. No. Doggone shame. That's for sure. How, by the way, how, how was Duluth? Have you been to Duluth before? I have. It was very, very good. Uh, yeah. it, it was it was rainy. It was a little cold. But uh, I do love Duluth. We didn't get up to the to the two harbors or Grand Marais, Grand Portage, that area. Uh, but it, it, it's a very nice town. Very hilly. Uh uh, but I, it, there's something that makes Duluth so beautiful in an odd way because of all the iron ore. And it's, I mean, it's kind of a, a dirty area. We crossed into Superior. Let me tell you what. Superior, Wisconsin. It's kind of, based on the area that we saw, kind of a dump. I mean, they they, they have a lot of, you know, the... the the marinas and you know the ships and iron ore and all that stuff, but they don't look. It doesn't look as nice as Duluth. So uh, superior iron, iron or iron or what? Iron. Ah, see, there you go. You got the joke. I like it. 
Iron ore or what? Iron ore. O-R-E. Who's on first? Yes, yes, who's on first? Or you could roll the boat with it. The the word George just never stops. George? Have you heard about that? George of what? What? Spell out G-G-O-R-G-E-O-R. G-E-O-R-G-E. It never stops. George. That's true. It can go on forever. It could. It goes on forever. It's an infinite name. An infinite name. But yeah, no, I, I really like the Luz. Have you ever been up there? Uh, once, 2007, I would say somewhere on there, 10 years ago. Okay. In the summer, uh, yeah, very uh, good. If you like the water, uh, they got the lake, the big lake up there, so that's good. Yes, it's superior. The, the lake is it, superior. It's Pun so, intended. Good. Very good little area. Yes, absolutely. Like I, I really like the north. Plus, it's it's cooler. That I mean, if it's if it's seventy five or eighty degrees in Sioux Falls, okay, let's even say Mitchell. It's eighty five in Mitchell. Guess what the temperature is going to be in Duluth? Like sixty eight. Sixty five. Yeah. 65. yeah, yeah. A 15, 20 degree difference. I like it. I like it a lot. No good. No. No good in the winter. Winter's not good. Uh, summer. I have a summer home in Duluth. How, yes. However, I've heard that the they have pipes underneath the streets to heat them up in the winter to prevent it from getting icy. Because would you like to travel down one of those hills or go up in the ice? Uh, hell no. 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 We don't want that. No. Not at all. But no, it was very good. Uh, it was very good indeed. And uh, yeah, it was nice to have a... Nice little long weekend, and we, and we now we are our batteries are recharged, and we're and we're ready for what's next. Let's go, folks. We're going. Very good, Mr. Krenz. I will talk to you next week. Have a great Memorial Day. You too. Very good. Thank you so much, Travis Krenz, joining us here, Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate his time and perspective as always. Uh, you can check out the Twenty Eighty Baseball Podcast on. Uh, iTunes, as well as the Sports Block podcast, which you can find. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, otherwise on Facebook, Nathan Stacken. Have a link to it here in the middle part of the week. Otherwise, just search for the Sports Block on iTunes. Coming up next, a pre recorded, obviously, since you listen to the podcast, this is not a live podcast here, so it was pre recorded, but I did uh, record something with Marcus. While Game Five, Game Six, rather, excuse me, was going on between the Nashville Predators and the Anaheim Ducks. This is also before the Penguins and Senators played Game Six in Ottawa. So we will have a, an extended Stanley Cup Final preview next week. We're very excited about it. Uh, Travis and I will be talking a lot of hockey and basketball as well next week. But uh, coming up next here, a a chat with our good friend Marcus Traxler from the Mitchell Daily Republic. We'll also have a SDSU Sports Update, and we'll see what else we can find here on the Sports Block Podcast. Continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast, pleased to be joined by our good friend from the uh, from the Mitchell Daily Republic, Marcus Traxler. Marcus, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Uh, so we are very close to the Stanley Cup. In fact, uh, less than a week away now. Uh, it's looking likely uh, Nashville and uh, Pittsburgh, at least right now, is the recording of this. Nashville's up on the Ducks in Game 6, so 
That'd be good. Uh, Nashville, Pittsburgh, Stanley Cup would be pretty good, wouldn't it? I think we'd take it. You know, I think everybody kind of agreed that was the uh, probably the best possible matchup of the four teams, four combinations that were left. So I think uh, I think that will will do the job for a lot of people. I think you've got you know a very interesting story in Nashville, the team that's you know really putting it all together uh, for the first time, and, and you know you know they've been in the playoffs before, but and have never really had a run quite like this. And then you've got you know, Pittsburgh. You can't get even more perennial power than uh, than Sidney Crosby and Penguins. Yep, absolutely. And uh, with with the Predators, obviously, they're taking the the city of Nashville, the state of Tennessee, by storm. It appears with how much enthusiasm there is regarding the the Predators' playoff run here. But they are going against a lot of adversity here. Uh, you know, Ryan Johansson is out for the remainder of the playoffs with a hamstring injury. They have had to battle through some injuries, so they will not be at full strength uh, in the Stanley Cup final, assuming that they are here. And like I said, as of now, they're up two to nothing. So if they should make it to the final, what? Uh, I mean, how much? How serious do we take this team? I think they've got a great chance. I mean, I think they've uh, they have you know a lot of pieces. It, it, it's like you said, you know. Johansson and Kevin Fiala, you know, breaking his leg earlier this year is not a great situation for them to find themselves in. But um, you know, just a lot of really talented players. I know, you know, I'm a guy who's really pulling for PK Subban to win uh, Stanley Cup, especially in this run, considering uh, how he, you know, a bit unceremoniously, you know, pushed out a little yep. bit in, in Montreal. So um, I think I think that would be fun, and uh, it's. Uh, you know, it's just that, you know, Peke Rene, as we've talked about before, has really played well in this in these playoffs. So uh, they seem to be hitting the right notes. I mean, Pittsburgh is a different animal. It seems like Pittsburgh you know, always finds a way. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't you know, necessarily dispute that they're going to be able to do that again. But um, it is interesting to, to see uh, Nashville really put it all together at this the, point. The Predators' power play has been absolutely awful. Now, you can give some credit to the Anaheim Ducks penalty kill, but... The Predators just don't look like they have any organization on the power play. Uh, that's got to be fixed uh, if they want to uh, hoist Lord Stanley's Cup. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to have to have uh, the special teams working. Um, and, I mean, Pittsburgh is just one of those teams that uh, will exploit every possible, um, you know, hole in your team. Yep. And so... Uh, Nashville's going to have to be in gear, and uh, you could even make the argument that they haven't needed to be at their best to beat uh, Anaheim, if that's the way this is going to shake out. So uh, they will have to be probably a notch or two better uh, in this next series. And, you know, Pittsburgh, we're going to talk about them, I'm sure, but yep. uh, you know, just the way they've, they've sort of found another gear when they really needed to, I think that, I'm not sure Nashville has that. We know Pittsburgh does because they've done it right now, but uh, that's the challenge for Nashville because at some point, if they're going to be in these, uh, these Stanley Cup finals, uh, the challenge will be on them to find another year. And, you know, with all fairness, we haven't seen Nashville do it. So that's the big question, I think, uh, heading into these these uh, final games. Assuming the Ducks don't make it to the Stanley Cup final, uh, I mean, yes, they did win a game seven in the second round against Edmonton. And that's something they had been, what, like 0 4 in their last. For game seven, so at least they got that monkey off their back. But uh, given the the change in coaching, 
staffs from Bruce Boudreaux back to Randy Carlisle, who led them to a Stanley Cup uh, championship back in the day. Is this a, Would this season be considered a success for the Ducks? I mean, I think you have to be realistic about it. I think uh, I think it is. I mean, they're one of the last four teams playing. Uh, you know, the offense for the most part has been pretty solid uh, in these playoffs. Uh, you mentioned bad power plays. Their power play has not been good in right. these playoffs either, you know, for the most part. Um, the team that's, that's managed to get a lot of shots on goal, they have not been good in the penalty kill department either. Uh, you know, 75% is an awesome. Uh, it's one of the lowest of any of the teams that played in these playoffs. So uh, that's not that's not ideal. And, uh, you know, they just weren't, weren't probably good enough in a lot of the situations. But I just look at a big picture regardless of past history. I think if you, if you make it this far, if you're in the third round of the playoffs, I think it's hard to, to say it wasn't uh, at least adequate. And I realize they might have had higher goals. But you look at the other teams in the West, I mean, a lot of people were thinking Chicago, uh, might have been thinking you know, at, at the beginning of the people were talking Dallas, right? I mean, so yep. the the way that uh, this season's shaken out, yeah, I mean, the I was probably the best team in that division. Maybe you have the biggest uh, expectations of the teams there, but final four teams, I think you got to hit that. Yeah, and no one uh, was giving Nashville a chance even to get by Chicago, let alone make it. Uh... I, mean, that's, that, I mean, that's just another subplot to this whole story that I think makes it even better is just the fact that. You know, Chicago had what three goals? I don't. You know, given the right. wild went out, I don't think we can repeat that enough. That Chicago only had three goals in four games. But uh, you know, I think I think that's just it. It showed how good of a team they were, probably better than being an eight seed. And uh, I mean, that would sort of speak to my finding of the gear thing too, where they've got a playoff here and they they did turn it on, but uh, they might need they might need another one uh, to get past Pittsburgh. Is this run? Uh, and we, I guess I, I'll, I'll save this question for next week. I'll let you, the Christian ponder this here, uh, pun intended. I know yeah. I'll, I'll I'll see myself out, but uh, okay. I'll let you I'll let you think about this this week, and we can talk about it next week uh, as the Ducks have now made it two to one. But if the Predators are in the Stanley Cup final, what run? Because I guess they would be considered the eight seed in the right. playoffs. What run is more remarkable, what the Predators are doing or what the Kings did back when they were in eight seed with Jonathan Quick in that? So uh, something that we could talk about here next week. But moving on to the Penguins, they are one win away from the Stanley Cup final. They trounced Ottawa 7 to nothing, But for a while, it did not. I mean, through three games, I think there was quite a bit of doubt uh, amongst the, the Penguins fans and even some members of the the media saying, "Hey, when is this Penguins team going to wake up?" And sure enough, you move, uh, you know, you replace Mark Andre Fleury with uh, with Murray, and and things have worked out over the last couple of games for them. Yeah, I just never really bought the idea that Mark Andre Fleury was going to be the guy uh, for sixteen wins for for Pittsburgh. You know, it seems like every year you can basically count on him being replaced at some point. Um, and they finally reached that point now if they're in the East Finals. You've got two confident goaltenders. I don't think they should be afraid to use them, and they haven't been. Uh, Matt Murray's very solid. He did the job now in, in Game 5. So um, it is it is interesting to see this sort of play out. I mean, Pittsburgh, you know, they just looked like they were just sort of sleepwalking, and now they've really cranked it up. Um, I think it's... It is exciting. I mean, Ottawa is just a, a very difficult team to watch, I think. And uh, I mean, they've got to find they got to find something uh, in Game Six. 
and they sort of need to you know, call on some of their big guys to you know start delivering a little bit more because otherwise they're they're going to be done. Yeah, and the the Penguins uh, in their seven goal onslaught of the Senators in Game Five, seven different players scored a goal. So I mean, and I think we've seen this before that even when Crosby and Malkin aren't having the best of you know games or series or even the playoffs for that matter, they still have uh, they still find ways to score goals. Nick Bonino's been very good. They they have Phil Kessel. I think he largely gets overlooked here, but he's a really good player. Uh, I mean, so. Obviously, the Penguins are very deep across the all three or four lines. Yeah, it's, it's kind of amazing when you look at it. I've got the, uh, the list of point leaders in the playoffs up here. you got Malkin, 23 points. That's first. Crosby's second. 19 points. Kessel's fourth. They're tied for third. 18 points. So, um, that's, I mean, and that's out of the whole playoffs. Obviously, they played a few more games. They'd have the chance to, to run those numbers up, but... Uh, you know, Pittsburgh, their big guys got to make plays. They're doing it, and that's uh, that's a huge credit to uh, those players. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, just one more point on Flurry here. I mean, we got to think Murray's going to be in net for the remainder of the playoffs, right? Yeah, I mean, unless there's some sort of injury, or we get to the like a final, we just have basically a reversal of fortune because people aren't you know, We've seen that before in the playoffs, where the hot guy turns into the cold guy, and the cold guy comes back in. And, uh, you know, regains the net. But uh, if Murray can, you know, hold down the fort, I think he's gonna. it should be his net for the rest of the playoffs. Does the NHL deserve the kind, you know, given what transpired with the Olympics and stuff, are they due for a bad Stanley Cup final? As far as play or as far as... Well, just as, like, far as the, like the ratings, the teams, the excitement, the buzz for the Cup, just, it, it just seems like... Maybe that, uh, like, should Ottawa and Anaheim somehow meet, that that would be a fitting end to uh, to what transpired with the uh, between the NHL and the IOC with the Olympics and everything, and just like, yeah, okay, hockey's kind of done now. <laughs> I mean, I, I realize that that's, uh, that this feels like maybe a leading question. It feels like this is probably you, huh? This and could be me. This really could be me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I, I mean, you look at the, the types of teams they've had in the playoffs the last few years, and uh, there's no doubt they've had some blue bloods. I mean, you know, just five years ago, we had Chicago, Boston. We've had LA, New York. Uh, we've had Chicago, Tampa Bay, you know, uh, and, and one of the real stars in Stephen Stamkos last year. We had Pittsburgh win it again. So um, I would completely agree that we're probably due for it. I'm not sure if it's necessarily because, you know, they, they bungled uh, the Olympics and everything. Right. And, you know, there's talk about, a, you know, potentially, you know, more labor problems in the future. Um, but I think it's it's more or less, I, I think it's, you know, that you're due for a bad a bad one. We're due for a bad Super Bowl for all those years. We finally got one with the Broncos and the Seahawks. I think that's generally true with, with uh, you know hockey and you know even basketball, it depends on what teams are there. But you don't always get a pretty series. You know, last year uh, was a seven-game series between the Cavs and the Warriors, and you know really only the seventh game was, was uh, you know truly memorable. So um, I think it happens, and I think that it's got the potential. If it is the series we think it'll be, and that's Nashville Pittsburgh, I think that could be a lot of fun. But you know, like you said, if it's Anaheim, Ottawa, uh, I don't know if you can really count a lot of people in on that. Nope, I would agree not. We will talk the Stanley Cup final next week because we will know the matchup. Uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, just one other thing here. Um, 
I, I know uh, LeVar Ball is continuing to make news for all the wrong reasons here. Uh, right. Where, what, where is our level of hatred for him, at least on your – because to me, I, I, I despise this guy more than just about anyone else in sports right now. No, I yeah, think he yeah, is number one. He's even past Cronky. That's how much. Uh, that's how much I despise him. You're asking me, but I mean, I can't even operate on your scale. I mean, it it's completely uh, off my grid. That's how much you hate him. So, um, you know, I think the thing I would say is that I find him uh, incredibly. Um, I mean, he's a he's a showboat. He's a he's not a good person. I think that's you know pretty much clear, but. Um, I find him incredibly interesting, and I think there's maybe a difference between yep. you know him being a good person and whether or not he's interesting. To me, he's interesting. I, I like reading about him. You know, I'm not. I don't watch for his sake. I don't watch the the crap on FS1 when he's showing up. But I do like people who sort of try to get into his mind. You know, give us a sense of why he is the way he is. Um, you know, maybe deep down that's the uh, the inner psychologist in me or something. But um, I really like reading about that. And so the story that ESPN.com had. A week or two ago, that kind of started the conversation between you and I. I thought was was really interesting. And there's other stories that are out there that sort of show why he is the person he is, and you at least make a little more sense of it. Even though this guy uh, can't go more than two days without you know really making you scratch your head. Yep, and and I get all the fatigue with him, uh, but at the same time too, people are interested in what he has to say just because. You, when just when you think, oh, he can't outdo his last outlandish statement, it seems to top. He seems to top it, and it's it's just fascinating to see what how this guy does what he is, you know, what he continues to think and say. But at the end of the day, he's kind of a genius because we're still talking about him, still talking about the brand, the big baller brand, and uh, and Lonzo Ball. So um, I mean, he's going to end up with the Lakers. You just know it. Yeah, well, I I'm a, I would make two points off what you said there. I, you know, in, in some ways, he really can't afford to let uh, his name or his son's name really get out of anybody's mind. I mean, he can't he can't let him uh, you know slip to the back burner because uh, he needs his son to be a star. He's made that you know really clear with the, with the type of business he built. Yep. And uh, at the same time, um, you know, I don't think the antics, I don't think all the hijinks are going to help him sell shoes, especially not. At four hundred ninety-five no. dollars a piece, so I think he's in a precarious situation. That he's got to keep his name, his son's name, in the news. But I don't think all this publicity is necessarily helping him. Right, I, I and I agree with that. But some some people would say that bad publicity is still publicity, though. Uh, selling is. there's no doubt about that. Uh, selling yeah. four hundred pairs of shoes is probably not uh, a great start uh, to your campaign either. If you want to be uh, part of a three billion dollar shoe business but I'm sure we'll be talking about him more in the weeks to come but i appreciate you, you coming on the podcast and we'll uh, we'll chat next week about the stanley cup final sounds good take care thank you marcus marcus traxler mitchell daily republic kind enough to join us spend a few minutes here on the sports block podcast always appreciate his time uh great hockey mind uh definitely enjoy talking with him because sometimes you know you know there's just not a lot. Uh, we got Travis on the Nashville Predator bandwagon. Well, I mean, he's been with the Predators here, but he, we, we got him going. He's ready for this. So that is that is good to see. Uh, SDSU sports update. Not much going on here. Uh, track and field, again, you can look at all the results. Uh, the schedule on gojacks.com. In fact, I'll, I'll pull that up here. 
shortly, but we do have baseball. They are in the, the, the playoffs here, the Summit or the Summit League tournament. They will be taking on NDSU uh, game one on Wednesday. So by the time most of you hear this, you'll know when SD, if SDSU has won or lost. Uh, it's taking place in Oral Rob uh, in Tulsa, home to Oral Roberts, Western Illinois, the four seed, uh, taking on Oral Roberts, the one. So we'll see. Uh, this, this is going to be difficult, but I mean, Oral Roberts is so good that it is. Uh, you got to think that it's theirs. To, to lose, but at the same time, what, what SDSU has done is remarkable. A sweep of Fort Wayne, a sweep of uh, Omaha to end the year, then and they won the two of the last or two games, the, the last two games of the series against Western Illinois, so they're coming in on an eight-game win streak. That's pretty good. That's what you're going to need to have happen if you want to uh, gain some momentum, perhaps win this tournament. Certainly be Awesome to see if that happened. Uh, again, soft or uh, track and field, mind you. Uh, they had the Summit League Outdoor Championships. The men were second out of uh, five teams there. Uh, trying to get the women up here. So, well, I mean, we we are essentially done with SDSU sport update for this year. Uh, the women were third out of eight teams. At the championships in Fargo, so some you know you know they'll probably have some individuals at the NCAA tournament. So see what happens there. But yeah, SDSU is done. Qualified individuals will compete at the NCAA West uh, preliminaries May 25th through the 27th. That's this week in Austin, Texas. So good luck to all the competitors there. Uh, that's a look at the SDSU sports update. Uh, for more on stories, schedules, statistics so much more go to gojacks.com a lot of good hardworking people at the sports information department keeping you up to date on the latest regarding jackrabbit athletics appreciate marcus jumping on here travis as always uh next week we'll know both the nba final and the stanley cup final sure lavar ball will say something else again i don't want to give him the time but uh marcus said he is very interesting and yeah just have to Shake your head of whatever he says, though. That's for sure. Uh, you can always find this podcast online, available on iTunes now, Sports Blocks. So search, uh, search that in the podcast section there. Also, you can uh, get a link to the podcast by following me on Twitter at ndstacken, as well as uh, on be on my Facebook page, Nathan Stacken. Have it posted middle part of the week. So uh, definitely check it out there. Thank you, as always, for listening. And we will be back next week with another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great Memorial Day, everyone. And we will talk to you next week here on another episode of the Sports Block Podcast. Happy Memorial Day.